Hi, I'm Craig Williams, and I'm the founder of Journey 12. As you may know, we're working with Meridian Schools in a groundbreaking new program called Engage, in which we work with the faculty, staff, students, and leadership to share the stories and perspectives from inside our buildings with the communities we serve. You may recall receiving the inaugural issue of Fusion Magazine last month, featuring stories of some of our faculty members, as well as alumni, students, and leaders. Now that magazine, which was delivered to every mailbox within the Meridian District, is a part of this initiative. And we'll be coming out with the second issue within the next month and a half or so. So telling your stories is a privilege. And getting to know something about the students and educators behind those stories, well, it's a real honor for me. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying our work and that you'll always look for ways to become more engaged in your schools. They are, quite literally, helping to pave the way for a brighter future for our kids and for our communities. As always, do let me know if there's something you'd like to see us cover in the future. Now, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this month's episode. We're here this morning with elementary principal Latasha Mandrell, fifth grader Rain Green, and superintendent John Green. Now, Ms. Mandrell, I'd like to begin with you this morning because from my experience, I've been to Meridian a number of times now, and I find it to be unique in so many ways among Illinois schools. Can you share with us just a few of the things that you feel make it so special? Well, um, the culture, the makeup of the school, and to me, it's like home. You know, I was raised down here in Southern Illinois, and I'm, I'm lied to be back here, you know, working in Meridian to make it so special. (laughs) The kids, the area, the people is like family. I really enjoy this area. I'm happy that I have started my admin career here at Meridian School District. So yeah, and also the administration team is awesome. I'm happy to have started my career with Mr. Green and Miss Marianne Bourne. So yes. Well, I I think that you said a lot there. There is a very special vibe between the administrators that I've seen, and I've had an opportunity, really a privilege to work with. You know, I work with a number of schools around the region, and I think what you guys have there is is pretty remarkable. We're going to circle back to that and talk about that in a little bit more depth later. But first, Rain, you know, I introduced you as a fifth grader, but I I know you're much more than that. can you tell me a little about yourself and what it is you love most about school? Um, I love most about school is um, when I go to school, I get an education that <laughs> that I think is really awesome and that I'm becoming so smart and that I feel like I'm growing more than just in my body right now, in my mind oh. and everywhere else. Oh, for sure. For sure. Are, are there any subjects that you really enjoy most about school or what is it that you love most about? It? I really enjoy um, reading. I have the highest level in the class. It's a 7.7 level. Oh, wow. <laughs> I enjoy most about school is that I can get really active here. And like um, there is a um, I don't know what to call it. There's like 
and cheerleading at home. And I can't do it. But at school, since I can um, do sports, that was what, what I'm really happy about school. Right. You make good friends. You've got good friends that you get to enjoy school with, I suppose. Yes. Well, that's outstanding. You know, Rain, I know it's a long way off, but do you, do you ever think about what you might like to do after high school? I mean, do you have any special ambitions for life after you finish school? In other words, what do you think you might like to do when you're out in the world? I think I'm going to be a nurse. Ah, outstanding. So you like helping people. Yes. Yeah. Now, do you help people now in your life? Is that something that you do with your with your life now? Yes. There are some people in my class, and Miss Thomas, Dr. Thomas, she has her board, and usually the teachers don't let you see what's on the board because they don't want you to know your grades, but Dr. Thomas does not do that. So I know that I usually have A's, and um, right now I have a C in math. That's the only subject I have a C in. And right now, um, one of my classmates has like a lower grade, grade in reading, but a higher grade in math. So I, um, I'll help that classmate and they can help me. Oh, so you got a little teamwork going. Yes. Very good. I love that. You know, John, you and I have known each other for a long time, and I know you've been there in Meridian now for a few years. Can you speak to some of the growth in the school you've seen during your time there? Well, we've had <clears throat> quite a bit of growth over the last uh, four years, and, and sometimes it's a little hard to tell because when COVID hit, all of our testing measures kind of went off to the side because that wasn't the most important thing going on at the time. However, after our first year, uh, besides the cultural change uh, and the concentration on uh, social emotional learning, the focus also was that those improvements would then lead to an improvement in our test scores, not just on a state level, but also internally. And so we like to look at um, kind of a broader view, not a one shot, one time type of view, but the government and media tends to like to look at those one shot, one time views. And so if you just take that into consideration, the one time, one shot for that first year, in one year we went up 12% in our ELA scores, uh, and we went up 6% in our math scores in just the first year. That second year is when COVID hit, so there was no testing on that one shot, one deal. And then we've just um, finished, uh, they're, they're wrapping up, getting our results and putting the report card together for last year's, um, which you're going to have a lot of factors that could influence that. Um, and we're waiting to see kind of where we pan out on that. But we know that we've grown because we've seen the gaps diminish uh, across the board in the gap in our reading levels, uh, because we were about 65% of our kids were more than two grade levels behind in their reading level uh, by grade level when we first got here, some as many as five years behind. Uh, oh those gaps have shrunk considerably. And then okay. uh, the math, uh, we we're able to finally offer some higher level math classes that kids can actually take and use and compete versus take and just get by and really be doing a math level. So you, in some instances, we were calling the class algebra two, but the kids are really doing algebra one. Right. And right. now we've got kids who are actually doing algebra two. And so those are all positives and moving in the right direction. So 
that's kind of where we so you've really so you've really been able to pull up some of your your testing standards but also in a way that reflects appropriate levels of rigor as the example of algebra two versus what might've been called algebra two, but really wasn't quite algebra two. Well, that's kind of a remarkable thing. Am I understanding that correctly? Uh, yes, that's correct. And one of the big reasons is um, uh, the school district was uh, on a five-year school improvement grant through the state of Illinois via the federal government because of the failing scores. And during that five years, uh, a lot of the indicators that were used on the local level were actually set at a percentage that was 40% of the capacity of where the students should be. And those indicators showed that the school was doing great. Kids were, yeah. kids were in the green, except they were actually operating at 40% of the capacity. Okay. So uh, a fifth grader, like Miss Rain here, who's doing exceptional at reading, uh, would be misled to think that they were actually reading on grade level, but really they were at uh, 3.5 or, or third grade ah, half year in I the reality see. of it. And so those misleading scores. So we, we did away with that. And now right. it's about actual progress by grade level and we right. are a- achieving. And so that's why those gaps have started to diminish. And we also brought okay. a reading recovery program uh, for early intervention with our uh, kindergarten, first and second graders. And so okay. students who are uh, behind grade level wise or have gaps in their ability to comprehend or okay. read your vocabulary, get an extra help individually or in group work. Um, uh, we now have three individuals who are working with those kids and you can okay. start to see a really tremendous difference. And I know from a personal standpoint that it worked well for my own youngest son. And so that's one of the things that really drives me. It's not a perfect solution because obviously it's not going to work for every kid, but it works for a lot of kids. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like you're getting some real results that are measurable. And, you know, a lot of times we look at our world through a lens of these absolutes and through metrics and things that we can measure, but some of the things fall into a different category, don't they? They're kind of more among the soft skills. They're not quite as measurable. And one of those things for me, as I look at Meridian, is just what an amazing faculty and leadership team you and others there have assembled. From what I've seen, you've got some amazing students as well. But tell me, what is the secret sauce to attracting these exceptional leaders and faculty members to Meridian? I mean, let's face it, it's not exactly an easy place to get to, right? And, and as I understand it, there is a teacher shortage in Illinois right now. So teachers could be choosing to work in a lot of different places, but they're choosing to come and teach young people like Rain. They're coming to Meridian. How do you do it? And I'll t- either of you can speak to this, uh, Ms. Mandrell or John, either of you. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts. Well, I, I will say first, and I'll let uh, Ms. Mandrell, Mandrell answer uh, from her standpoint, because obviously we kind of recruited her to come here uh, this year. And so um, she's very talented and going to have all kinds of opportunities. So it was a tremendous win for us. Um, you know, when I first got here four years ago, we had 15 openings and we're not talking about a very big staff. And we started the year with nine openings and we also were not offered a very comprehensive schedule. We only had about, uh, we had very few electives at the high school level and uh, junior high. We had no art, we had no music. We had no industrial arts, uh, et cetera. Um, so those things have really changed. And so it made a big difference, which means you need more faculty to make that happen. Um, number one, 
I think that by word of mouth has been the biggest thing that has helped us that we have individuals who work here who have recruited others. Uh, number two, uh, administrative team is, knows uh, individuals and has recruited those people as well. Um, and we've got a number of retirees, whether it be people who retired in Missouri, who are looking for a second career, um, who weren't done with what their passion was in teaching and looked at this as right. an opportunity. And those right. folks have really recruited from individuals in Missouri. And then we, we've been very fortunate that, uh, as I said, the administrative team knows individuals uh, who we've either reached out to or they've reached back to us. And we went through the process and tried to. But, I mean, we're still not in the situation where we've got 15, 20 applicants for every job. Right. We get one or two. And then we right. have to dig deep and delve. And then it's our job to foster and make, help them grow. I mean, that's the only so, way that you're going to get through. So, so, so Mrs. Bendrell, how are, how are we doing that in Meridian? What was it that drew you there and how, you know, what, talk to me about your choice to apply your craft as an educator in Meridian. What drew you to this place? <laughs> I'm going to give a lot of credit to Mr. Green. Um, this is my first year in administration. Um, I had applied at two other schools, um, but it just speaking with my husband and I, it's just like, it didn't work. It, it just it didn't feel like a fit. Um, I am a recent um, breast cancer survivor. Um, it's actually been a year. This a couple of weeks ago, it's been, um, it came up on a year. Um, so I, one thing I kind of want to stay closer to home, but also um, the leadership. Um, I looked up to Mr. Green. I've used Mr. Green in my superintendency courses for a lot of his expertise with writing my reports and stuff. Um, just getting to know him and I was kind of excited. Um, and on honesty, I'm truthful. If it wasn't for Mr. Green being a superintendent, I probably wouldn't have come back, but um, I enjoyed working with him in the, in the you know, the small, things that I did with my schooling. And so once this um, opening had come open, I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna, you know, and it's home um, and, it, and it felt like it fit. And I'm actually excited that I have started here. Um, and I really enjoyed the, the kids. Um, Rain been one of them, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, and just willing to give back to my community where I'm from. Yeah. So um, I'm, I, um, before I came here, I was in Carbondale for three years. Yeah. And I was actually in the process of moving in that area. Yeah. And I'm so excited that it didn't take place. You know, yeah. Green told me things happen for a reason. And um, it does. And I'm happy that I am here. Well, I think the whole community is happy that you're there. And, you know, I can see, I've heard, I've heard so much about you and my conversations with, uh, with Ms. Boren and with, with Mr. Green over the last several months. And I can see exactly what they're talking about. I mean, you have a real power and a strength that comes through. And I don't know whether that's a function of who you have always been, or if it's a function of your fight that you've won over this period with breast cancer, but you are a remarkable woman. And it's clear to me that you're at the right place and at the right time, because young people like rain get the benefit of that strength and that power. And I just think that's remarkable. Um, 
I have a question for you and I'm going to, I'm going to ask rain a big one in a moment, but before we get to that, you know, I just want to say to both, both you, Latasha and John, you are changing the world and you're changing it one student at a time, one day, or even one hour at a time. And I think that's just remarkable. And I reflect on what you do. And I ask myself, why do each of these professionals do what they do? You know, there are lots of ways to make a living, but you both have chosen this path of education. Ms. Mandrell, can you tell me why is it so important to you to be an educator? Um, our children are our future, you know, and we as educators, we are the ones who create yeah. other professions. Um, so I, I feel, I mean, in this position, we have a huge impact on the world, you know, um, yeah. because we are the educators that educate all other professions. So, mm -hmm. and I really enjoy working with kids and helping and giving back. Um, is is just the feeling of knowing that I can help others or improve um, our community, our children, um, just you know, our world in general. Um, it just is a great feeling. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like it's a very fulfilling thing for you. Yes. It's more than just a job. It's much more than just a paycheck. Yes, or a you, career. Have to, you have to enjoy it. And I really enjoy it. I mean, I mean, I love everything about it. You know, you have the athletics. I am a, you know, <laughs> yeah. all of it. I love the atmosphere of, you know, education. Yeah. You know, public education. Yes. Mr. Green, how about you? What gets you up in the morning? To do this job. The same things that Mrs. Mandrell just uh, said, but, uh, you know, having five kids of my own, um, having grown up uh, in a rural environment, um, small town, uh, one of the first things I can remember my parents ever telling me was that they told me, um, no matter what happens, you're, you're going to try and do the best you can do in school. And two, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a degree. And we're going to make sure that you get that and we're going to help you the first four years after that it's it's on your own but they made it a vital importance and it's been something very similar uh that not only did i want my own kids to have but i wanted any kids that i was able to work with and so the rewarding thing is to you know after 23 years of doing this is the number of times that i'll just randomly run into a former student and uh, that former student will take the time out of the day to tell me uh, how much they appreciated what I was able to do for them. And it might be something I don't even really remember doing. It was just uh, something that naturally happened. It wasn't something that I went out of my way to yeah. do. Uh, but there was a teacher or teachers who did that for me. And it's my job to pass on that same thing. Just like uh, a lot of times yeah. uh, my kids and I, my own kids and I will butt heads. But there's a teacher or a coach or somebody at that school who has their ear and is making a huge difference on helping them make decisions that are going to be impactful in their life. Yeah. Well, those are powerful statements from both of you. And as I listen to you, I'm really moved by uh, what this means for your students. And in particular, the one who's sitting in the room with us today, Rain, you know, Rain, as I, as I listen to these folks, and I'm sure you have been thinking as well, you know, they've made a choice effectively to change the world in a, in a profound way. You know, as I reflect on what I've seen in Meridian, since I've been working with your students and educators on this project, I've been so impressed. You know, what is your message to the communities you serve? 
how can they become more involved in the partnership of educating Meridian kids? Because I think that we all want at the end of the day to improve our communities, don't we? I mean, we want to be part of something. How can the community uh, more actively engage in the partnership of education? Well, obviously, you know, parent and community involvement is always a huge thing in, in every place. And it's very different no matter every place that you uh, work at. I know that in uh, the three districts that I've been an administrator in, um, involvement, the parent involvement um, was very diverse. Uh, and a lot of times those things depends on what takes on as the priorities of that community. And so uh, if you're at Pinckneyville, you expect there to be a, a packed house on a Friday or a Saturday night in Thomas Gymnasium. Uh, you're expecting um, people will be out on a Friday night to a football game to listen to the band and the football team play. But you're also going to see them turn out to watch the band concerts and the plays and the different theater things that are going to happen. Uh, and things change at a very at a high school level anyway. Uh, a lot of times parents become less involved um, because to, their kids are at that point mature and maybe becoming more self-sufficient. And if their kids are being successful, uh, they are not maybe as interested in, in, in being uh, at the school talking to teachers on parent-teacher night. They would rather be helping at the concession stand and those types of things, but they're still involved. Versus uh, you go to a K-8 district, like I was in a Millstock, and you have a very high-performing school. Parents are very passionate. They're elementary kids, which parents tend to be more highly involved. And you have a science night or a math night or a reading night where you have different rooms with different stations and you have 300 different people who are parents and community members along with their kids packed at the school. And you can just see a tremendous upswell uh, in the involvement. Just here, uh, same thing. We have an elementary fall festival night. We'll have a number of parents here with their kids enjoying the different activities that are provided for them. Uh, and we did set a, a new high record since I've been here the last four years for parent um, attending parent-teacher conferences two weeks ago over a three-day uh, per period, two evening sessions and one all-day session. And as far as the number of attendees was the most that we've had in four years. And so it's a very positive sign. And then with the, you know, the project that we've been working with with you, with Journey 12 and the magazine, the feedback that we've been getting from community members, not parents, community members, folks that uh, really maybe didn't know what was going on out here were kind of uh, uh, maybe the reputation of coming to Meridian School was not a positive one. Uh, they were maybe not willing to attend games anymore because of different things that they'd heard has finally started to change. And so that's been a, a, a big help. Uh, the number of calls, number of emails that I received from different individuals who maybe don't even live in our community who requested a copy of the magazine because they would like to be updated. I, I'm starting to see a big switch, and that's kind of the reason why we're on this journey together. And so uh, it makes a huge difference. because I'm pretty sure that Ray knows that there's people out in the community who are looking for her to be successful and they want to help. And then lots of different ways to help her be successful. Uh, those will just be other bridges that she can use to cross right. to get where she wants to go. Well, it's hard. I mean, you know, if these things were easy to fix or easy to repair, well, then everyone would be doing it, as they say. I know that educators are an important part of the equation to getting our kids educated, but they work in partnership, don't they? With those families, with those parents, with the community. And that partnership is so valuable. 
to the extent that to the extent that we can work in partnership, you, we have a better chance of winning, don't we? You know, so maybe we could we could talk about trying to, uh, you know, maybe get more of the community out to some of the, you know, uh, school events, some of the parent teacher conferences, some of the open houses. Maybe there are some other events. Maybe there's some volunteer opportunities. No, I think we need more of a push out um, that we go out into the community. I think that would be like a good, you know, route to take um, with the community send us as educators out in the community, a community events instead of them coming to, you know, the school. Because there's a lot of events that they show up here that, um, but I think it's be a great idea to see us out helping the community also in that aspect, other than you know in the education setting. Uh, so so that's very interesting. So it sounds to me like you're suggesting that maybe as a faculty, we could be doing a better job to really understand the community itself and some of the kind of build that relationship with the family in the community. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I like it. Um, one of the things I'd like to do as we wrap this up, is I'm going to ask Rain to take us out and and uh, and help us finish strong by giving her an opportunity to share something with her peers, her classmates, her fellow students. Um, you know that that she thinks is important to be said. Is there anything you'd like to share with your your peers, Rain? Any inspirational message? You're an inspirational young lady, and I suspect you've got a lot to say. What could you share with them to help make their week better? Or, make their day better that you'd like to end on today? Maybe that um, sometimes you might feel sad. You might feel so sad that you have to go in the bathroom and lock yourself in there until the next hour. But when that happens, all you got to do is think about your favorite thing. Think about something good and just pretend like whatever is hurting you or making you feel bad about yourself is just gone. It's not here. And replace that negative energy with positive. Wow. I, those are profound words. Replace that negative energy with positive. Rain, you are an inspiration. I so appreciate you. And you as well, Mrs. Mandrell and, and Mr. Green, you know I appreciate your leadership. And uh, I'm so proud of what Meridian School is doing, and I'm so honored to be a part of it. So I want to thank you all. And um, we'll look forward to talking again next month. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Mrs. Mandrell, Mr. Green, and our own fifth grade academic rock star, Miss Rain Green. She's such an impressive young woman. We look forward to bringing you more stories, ideas, and commentary from within your school next month. Until then, I'm Craig Williams for Journey 12 and the official Meridian Bobcat podcast saying stay healthy, focus on the positive, and stay engaged in your school. It represents and serves the very best of our future. Oh, 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 oh,